Aloha and welcome to Reveal Your Goddess, the podcast. I'm Erica Hardy and this is the official podcast of Deity Beauty, where we help women like you wake up to their divine power through all things beauty and wellness. Here on this podcast, you'll hear tips, resources, and conversations that have helped me up-level my energy, helping you to expand, become more empowered, and achieve luminous, healthy skin and a joyful spirit. So if you are ready to be uplifted, expanded, and inspired, sis, then let's get into it. Aloha, goddess, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to talk to today's guest. Her name is Caitlin, and she is the Abundance Alchemist. She also communicates with animals. This conversation is just so lit, and I'm just so thrilled to have her on. She just is very knowledgeable in what she does, and uh, I'm just going to give the floor to her. So, Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much, Erica, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Like, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the work that you're doing right now. Sure. Um, well, it's a lengthy story, but <laughs> I will try to um, get it in a nutshell. So I started this kind of work through my own personal journey. Um, I started volunteering when I was 13. Um, really honestly to kind of find my myself and figure out some of the stuff that was going on with me. So I started volunteering um, just with any different community I could, uh, domestic violence, sexual assault, um, involuntary psych, uh, animals, uh, with geriatric patients, kind of you name it. Um, I loved it and I just really kind of fell in love with the populations I was working with. Um, this kind of continued, but so did trauma and so did kind of different things happening in my own life um, because, you know, I was actively showing up in different communities, but I wasn't working on my own stuff behind the scenes until I really started in therapy um, and also kind of started and found a spiritual coach. So I dropped out of college um, because of some trauma and was in therapy and kind of took off a year and worked on myself. Um, I worked with a spiritual coach that kind of changed my life. And I really saw that although therapy was great and although the spirituality piece was great, um, when the two were combined, that's what made the difference. That's what really kind of helped me shift. So um, after that year, I went back to school and, and got a formal education in uh, human services uh, with mental health and addiction counseling. And then after that, kind of moved into doing this work and, and bridging the two and, and being that person that could bridge those two to show up and, and help people out. So that's kind of very quickly, I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> my story of, of how I got started in doing this work. Well, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing. You know, I love that you are bridging that gap and really merging the two because we are like so multidimensional, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's levels to this shit. <laughs> oh so my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we can't just, you know, treat, you know, one thing in isolation. And so I just, you know, I really love everything that you're doing. And this is, you know, similar in, in a way to what I do, you know, merging mm -hmm. beauty and wellness. And, you know, it really, it really does take a more holistic approach in healing to be able to get the results that we're really looking for. And I know that you do a lot of work with 
with your clients around like self-love and um, mm-hmm. releasing trauma and like manifesting and everything, which is just super exciting. So stay tuned for part two of this episode. Um, there was just too many amazing nuggets to just get in <laughs> one one show. So I think part two, we can dive more into those things. If you're down. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. I cannot wait. Like you said, we are so complex. So we've got to tackle things on the conscious level, subconscious, physical, energetic, you know, all of those. So I think um, there's just not enough time in one episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'll just get into the first question here. And so that's going to be how we can go about reintegrating into this new world. What we really need to focus on is coming into our body and our emotions. We've been in this place of being operating so much from the masculine energy in the sense of, and when I say masculine, um, I'm not obviously talking about kind of the idea that society looks at as masculine. We're talking about more that action-oriented energy, like the power of moving forward that we all harness inside ourselves. Same thing with feminine. It's more the intuition, creative space. I just wanted to clarify that for anybody that's um, maybe not familiar with those ideas. So what I mean by we're operating from a really masculine place is that we have been for so long had the ability to kind of overlook our emotions or overlook our creative space because we've been so immersed in, you know, the to-do list, the never ending to-do list or the job and the tasks of that. And we've just been looking so much at our action. And so going into quarantine and lockdown, things have shifted. We've, we've really not been able to maybe focus as much on that. We've had to kind of look at our emotions a little bit more and, and it's been uncomfortable for people. Um, and unfortunately we, you know, talking about it more on a mental health standpoint, we do see the statistics of, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, and even suicide going up. Um, so now more than ever, it's really stepping into that feminine space of, going into your body, realizing where you're feeling emotion and what emotion you're feeling. And not only that, but giving that emotion a name. And why I say that's so important is because if you do not give the emotion that you're feeling a name, your brain does not know how to physically process that emotion out. Um, So once we've identified that, the next place is allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to process, embody, and release that emotion. You can't just say, okay, I'm I'm pissed. I'm pissed that we're in, you know, I'm angry that we're in quarantine and I'm so over this as so many of us are feeling that frustration, but it's realizing, okay, why am I frustrated? Where do I feel that in my body? And it's okay that I'm frustrated. Give yourself permission to feel those feelings because as we start to shift back, some of us are going into places where we're not in lockdown anymore, right? I know I'm in Colorado. We are not in lockdown. Um, However, we still have very strict protocols. So, you know, I'm integrating back into, as many other people are, going back to work or going back to, um, you know, people going back to an office and having to integrate into that job and, and shifting back into those old patterns. And I like what you said of forgetting the old way. And I know that that's hard on a conscious level of saying, well, the old way was better, right? Because we always can, hindsight is always twenty twenty. We can always say, oh, that was so much better back then than it is now, um, or falsify that to ourselves. But forgetting the way of only being in your masculine energy, because that's a really good way to not have to look at your emotions and not take an active place in creating your reality. So 
again, looking at those emotions, embodying that, um, and, and paying attention, I think is, is the biggest way that we have to go into reintegrating into this daily life. It's, it's not an option anymore to kind of look around our emotions or look around what's going on internally for us. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Oh my God. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about naming the emotions because as an ex overthinker, I would mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> I would have all these emotions come up and like the whole like thought feeling loop and everything. And I would just like be swirling in this and without naming mm-hmm. them, it was just like, you're right. Like my body just really didn't know what to do, you know? And then I would just, right. it would almost like just get bigger and bigger and more like abstract, but still very, very uncomfortable. And just like, Mm -hmm. am I going crazy? Like what is happening right now? And, you know, I I know a lot of people can feel like that. And here in Hawaii, like, you know, we've started to open things up too. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting as far as even like socially still like our people, you know, are people going to be giving hugs? Like I see some people like still yeah. doing the elbow thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder how long we'll be wearing masks, you know, the more mm-hmm. like the outward things I am definitely very curious about. But even like when we are going to be going back into these, these more masculine spaces, like I, I hope that people won't just try to continue to sweep their emotions under the rug or just be like, okay, well, well, thank God we finally got out of that. Like, let's just, you know, go Mm -hmm. on. Like, no, we still have to process how we felt and start to remove or ease those emotions out of our bodies. And, you know, a way I love to do that is dancing. I love Mm -hmm. just moving my body and shaking or jumping. I found that that to be just super helpful in these times where, you know, maybe we can't get together with our friends or, you know, maybe their schedules won't allow for more like online interaction and you just need a way to get energy out of your body, you know, doing physical Mm -hmm. practices, because even sometimes when you do converse with friends and stuff, sometimes it can turn more into just like venting and like Mm -hmm. just kind of creating this energy that's less than helpful and positive. Um, But, you know, everyone, we need that. We need that support, but you also want to make sure that it's going in in a healthy way and not leaving you more drained or frustrated, you know, like feeding fuel to the fire. Absolutely. And I love that you said kind of the dancing, that's a beautiful way. Um, And you hit on, you know, such an important point that once we do name the emotion, we do have to release it in some way. Two ways that I I really, um, enjoy doing that for myself and, and have kind of recommended to some of my clients too. They're really easy, even if you're in the work day and, you know, you can't necessarily take a break to dance or, or whatever. So the first one is when you're noticing the emotion, challenging yourself to come up with a different way to name that emotion. Why I say that this is a good way to start releasing it is because it occupies that conscious mind but you're still embodying that emotion. So it's allowing it to bring awareness and then allowing it to release because you're processing it, you're feeling it. So what I mean by this is so many people, their go-to is I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. Those are those three really common words we hear. So if you're stressed out, 
coming, sitting there and saying, okay, what does this stress feel like? And what other way could I say that? Um, you know, overwhelm, I'm exhausted, I'm um, preoccupied, whatever that way. So that's the first one. And then the next one is, um, a lot of people have probably heard of this one, but I think it's so undervalued, box breathing or square breathing. And so what that really looks like is kind of exactly what it sounds like. So the goal is to get to each um, each side is eight counts. Um, you know, you're breathing in and you're counting one, two, three, four. I always start with four and then I kind of move up and then you're holding for one, two, three, four, and then you're releasing for one, two, three, four, and then you're holding for one, two, three, four. And you do that process 10 times. And why I see this is so undervalued is because we look at it of, yeah, it gives you kind of that mental break, right? Your, your conscious mind is occupied because it's tracing the box. It's counting. You're focusing on your breath. So your physical body is engaged too. But the other piece that's not really looked at is the actual chemical um, reaction in your body when you do this. The power of your breathing, when you breathe in and you do this box and you do that cycle 10 times, it actually physically resets your entire body um, chemical operation. So it reduces the cortisol level in your brain, which is that stress hormone. So you're actually taking your emotion into your own hands and shifting it and also giving yourself a break. So then you can bring more oxygen into your brain. You're able to think more clearly. You're able to kind of tackle your, your tasks. You're releasing that overwhelm or that stress. And then you're also processing it out. You're breathing it out. So some, like even during that box breathing, when you're pushing that breath out, really think about that leaving your body. Um, and this is a great one because I know sometimes we're in meetings or we're in different things and you can feel that stress or, or the frustration or, you know, whatever it is creeping in, sit there and box breathe. I mean, it's, nobody has to know what you're doing, but you're allowing yourself to take a mental break and allowing yourself to really be present in that moment too. Wow, that is beautiful. And I, I am a huge fan and advocate of box breathing. It's amazing. I didn't know it affects you so deeply. And I love yeah. how, again, you brought those two aspects. It's giving the conscious mind something to do, but it's also letting you process the emotions. So that's perfect <laughs> to get into the next topic. So how can we go about bringing our, our feminine energy into more masculine spaces or like more masculine constructs? Absolutely. So um, I'll say it again. It's, it's kind of one of the biggest things we've been harping on is paying attention to your emotions. That's going to be the very first one. Because I, like I said, going into those emotions and intuition is a way that you're bringing your feminine energy into play. The next one is really going to be allowing your yourself a creative outlet in that space. So even when you're working and you know, your job might be very routine in different ways, allowing yourself to have a creative outlet, whether that means taking a five minute break and doodling on a paper, whether that means taking a different way home or, you know, having your commute a different way, whether that means on your break, trying a different coffee or different tea or whatever it is, all of those things allow you to be in a creative space where you're able to really engage with, again, the emotion, but also make space for your intuition to come through. I understand that, you know, working in, in jobs, we don't necessarily sometimes have the luxury, right? Everybody would love to just do whatever they wanted and not have to, you know, pay the bills and all of that. But 
people get so bogged down into having to do something that they feel like they don't want to or getting bored in the routine or different things. So bringing in creativity and a place where you feel like you can make a difference or have a new experience, even in that routine of your day to day, in that masculine space of having to, um, you know, work your job and actually be there will cause huge shifts because the whole idea is that we do have, like I said, we all have that masculine and that feminine energy within us. The entire purpose of our journey here as humans is to figure out how to balance the two because that's how we experience different things. You experience in the stimuli that comes in and how you process things is based on what form of energy you're in, what state of energy you're in. So if you're working on balancing the masculine and feminine, and you're not just in that action-oriented masculine phase, you're in, hey, I'm going to allow some creative space in here. I'm going to try this to be creative. Or even a new approach to something that you've been doing at your work will, again, add some balance to that and add a little bit of new, exciting things. Humans want excitement. We like the excitement. Yes, we're creatures of habit and routine, but the boredom is what really, really gets to people because when we feel bored, we feel stuck. We feel like we're not making a difference. And that's what causes us to get into this place of where we're just marking things off. We're just crossing stuff off the to-do list and we're not taking an active role in bringing in our feminine energy into that masculine workspace. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I totally, totally agree. You know, for a long time or like the last couple of weeks, I was kind of feeling that way. Just like, wow, mm -hmm. like I'm just checking things off. Like, what am I even doing here? Like, oh my gosh, man. But then, you know, what you're saying is absolutely right. Like when we can just make even a small shift in like what, even if it's like, oh, I'm going to have this type of tea or this, mm -hmm. I'm going to add this to my coffee today, or I'm going to, like you said, take a different route to work or usually like, okay, so I've been wearing these like head, head wraps and I usually tie a mm -hmm. bow on one side. Maybe I'm going to tie it on the other side today. Maybe I'm going to brush nice. my teeth with my <laughs> left hand or something yeah. different. So we can start, you know, forming new neural pathways you know when mm -hmm. we I learned this thing from Dr. Joe Dispenza I just love him so much but by the He's time amazing isn't he yeah he, he makes science and spirit cool and so well together He's just they, he does absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but I love what he's saying about you know by the time we're 35 we're living on this set of autopilot behaviors and mm -hmm. you know habitual thought patterns and so if we're not making these little shifts to have this feminine energy come through, then, you know, who knows, like, if we're not having these really awesome habits already instilled, then the habits that we already do have, you know, maybe they're going to lead us down a path that not necessarily completely fulfills us. So this is great putting in these little droplets of feminine energy and, you know, allowing allowing for that that space to to grow and for the magic to come through it's in those those times where we're not so focused on just achieve 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 this right. is how it needs to be done you know with the whole structure of it all that we really can you know just let universe and spirit come come inside of us and work through us and just mm -hmm. make the most magical beautiful shifts that maybe we wouldn't have ever come across had we not allowed and made that space 
Yes, absolutely. Erica, I just love how you say it. It's just <laughs> everything you say, I'm like, yes, she's getting it. Um, we're That's already how I got feel it, about right? you. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I, yeah, I love that. And you know, I think the biggest thing to remember about this stuff is as we do shift, I mean, you hit on it too. Like as people are transitioning in this pandemic or we're getting, we got into a routine with, you know, being at home and maybe you're shifting back to work or maybe you're still realizing, oh my gosh, we're going to be on lockdown for another month or two or whatever that looks like. We get into these places where it's like, I don't have the time or, you know, I don't have the time to make a shift or I don't have the time to do all these huge things, you know, that maybe some other spiritual teachers are talking about or, or, you know, you're reading personal development books and they're saying like, oh, this is how you do it. The best thing about the tools that we're talking about today is you don't get that option to say that you don't have the time because it's completely up to you to do that 30 second mind shift, to do that touch in with yourself of like, Hey, what's the emotion I'm feeling right now? How long did that take? Or, you know, to do the box breathing for five minutes, it's really, you're giving yourself permission to put these into play, but you get to take that equation out of out of or that conversation out of the equation of I don't have the time because the other thing too is and, and I don't like when people say that and I'm so guilty I am by no means not doing this myself because right we can all talk about this but it all takes practice every right. single person has to practice these um is saying is shifting that vocabulary too and saying it's not a priority to me and see how that feels in your body right right because you're calling yourself out right there it's mm -hmm. like oh man i because i yeah. for me it was like oh like i'm just i'm so busy i'm so busy and people wear a busy as like a badge of honor and i found that ironically, oh yeah <laughs> and i'm honestly not even ironic but the more i said i was busy the more it almost felt like the walls were caving in like it was like okay you say mm -hmm. busy i'm gonna make make time feel like you have no time to do anything. So now, you know, I've been trying to get out of just saying that, like I have more than enough time to do the things that I need to do. There are no excuses for those two things because one, you're probably going to be thinking about that emotion anyway, or you're going to be thinking about something related to it. So you're right. gonna, you might as well just use that mental energy to actually process the emotion. And mm -hmm. you can't say you don't have time to breathe because you're already breathing. So you might as well just right. do it in a more strategic, yeah. helpful way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, you already are. You're, I mean, like, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint, but you're already looking at it of like, oh my gosh, I'm are so pissed off or I'm so like stressed out or I'm busy and I don't have the time. Like you're already engaging with that emotion. Right. So just shifting the perspective is going to have an amazing shift. Right. I mean, and to think about too, like people, there's different theories of thought. I mean, um, to get like, again, going back to like the mental health theories, if the thought comes before the emotion, so dialectic behavioral therapy will say that, um, emotion comes first, then the thought, and then the behavior. And then cognitive behavioral therapy will say the thought comes, then the um, emotion, and then the action, right? Or the behavior. I agree very much with cognitive behavioral therapy in the standpoint that you have a thought, and then the thought tells your brain what to release, like what chemical to uh -huh. release to have to feel the emotion. So if you're already in the emotion, and you're already engaging, then you've already gone through the process of the thought and now it's your option to do the behavior. And, and why this is even important is because you already took time to do the thought process. So you're already halfway in the process. So if you decide to go back and say, hey, I'm gonna have a different thought and a different reaction and then I'm gonna go to a different behavior, you're saving yourself time than if you act on 
the initial thought, the initial behavior, and then you just go from reaction. You're saving yourself that having to circle back and rework it and try to make yourself feel better anyways, because you will. That's human experience, right? We don't want to not feel good, but if we act on the initial thought, emotion, and reaction, that's often what happens because I always tell people, we may not have if, if we react immediately, we may not have control over the initial reaction. The how you move forward is 100% in your hands. We are humans with free will, whether you look at it of spiritual practices and all these different things and all of that, we 100% have free will. So it is your choice how you move forward after the initial reaction happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yes, can, it is. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I know people don't like that. And I always, I always, I think I told you this, Erica, when we talked too, I was like, I am not in the people pleasing business. I am, that is not my job. I am here to help people make shifts. So if this is rubbing you the wrong way. I will say that is awesome. And I'm doing my job, right? Because right. we have to stand up and take responsibility for our lives because it's exciting that we get to create these lives. It is such an honor and we only have one. And I know that's a cliche, but if you take the responsibility in your life, then you get to create whatever you want. You get to manifest your dreams and make them a reality. Absolutely. Yes. You know, for a long time, I had to move out of this place of like, feeling like I was a victim or like Mm -hmm. I had less than than other people and all this stuff. And it just came to the point where I was like, I have a choice. Like I can continue to be in this low vibe victim mindset, or I can take responsibility for my energy, for the actions, for, you know, for my life and not be like, oh, like, oh, that triggers me. So Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna ignore it or just turn away from it. And, and, I know a lot of people can relate to this, you know, mm-hmm. especially now everyone, and I'm not here to sugarcoat anything either. People are getting soft these days. It's everyone's <laughs> getting offended. And it's like, there are rightful cases where you have the right to be offended. But mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel like people are just, everyone, everyone just wants to be offended by something so they can be like Mm -hmm. in this victim mode to put the responsibility on the other person. Like, no, that time has come and gone. Like if you are looking to create something different in your life and you know, you wonder why your manifestations maybe aren't working. It's because you are still operating from this victim mindset, like whether or not you do all the vision boards and say you want it and, you know, think about it. It's like, what, ultimate energy are you coming from at the end of the day? Because if you were just offended, you know, you've given your power away to somebody and that's not going to help you create, you know, the life that you're looking to create. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if those frequencies do not match on the conscious, subconscious and energetic level, you are not going to manifest anything that you're looking to desire. And I love that you hit on that victim mentality. Um, I think that is huge and I get it. I came from that too. Um, you know, I let my trauma, um, you know, make me a victim for a long time. And I had to actively show up and say, Hey, I have two options. I can live as a victim and it's never going to get better. And I can be in that pity party. And, and I get it. Like, I mean, there are some things that in this world that are, that are terrible, right? Like I'll share, um, just one and it's, you know, it goes personal, but, um, I was raped. And so to me, it was like, okay, I can be, in this place of where I don't understand why this happened, 
or I can actively show up. And that doesn't mean that I just say that's my fault. That means I got to choose how I move forward in that. So I got to say, I can stay in this pity party for myself and say, that's awful. And that sucks. And it was a terrible event. Or I can say, I'm going to show up and empower other people because that's what makes me feel better. And it makes other people feel better because ultimately we're connected to everybody. Right? So that victim mentality, it's huge and it affects people so much. And I, like I said, I mean, Erica just said, you just said this too. We understand that we've been there but who does that help in the end? And so when I see people in that victim mentality, I will never tell people that their trauma is their fault, but I will say that what you do with your trauma and how you move forward is your fault. Because, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but if you choose to stay in that victim mentality, that is your choice. If you choose to move forward and empower people and make a difference, that is the difference. That is your choice as well. So it's, it is your, your, I don't like the word fault. I probably shouldn't have said fault, but it is your choice to move forward. Um, as far as how you show up and empower people in this world, um, because sitting in that victim is, it's not going to help anybody and it's not going to help you either. And it's not going to feel good. Sis, you are so right. Like, oh my, (laughs) literally my soul right now is like, she better preach like this is, (laughs) Oh my God. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but it is like, this is such a divine interaction and I'm just so grateful to be in this space with you. And I hope everyone listening knows that they have the choice to decide what they're going to do with their trauma. And I think that Mm -hmm. this is just the perfect, you know, way to go into women's history month, you know, and just empowering (laughs) women. We are so strong. We are so capable of overcoming. Like if anyone is to overcome, it's a woman. So I just, Mm -hmm. oh my God, (laughs) this is amazing. Uh, And I love how you're saying about how we're all connected. So we're all like entangled. So let's say if Mm -hmm. you decided or somebody decided to continue to be in the victim mentality, whoever they've ever like come in contact with like at all, they are going to be affected by that person's mentality, like whether or Mm -hmm. not they know it or not. And so like, why would you be going around affecting people like that? (laughs) Yeah. And I I love that too, because like we talk about energy and obviously like I always tell people if, if, they don't fully understand it, which I think most people do, but it's a, it's a first impression. They don't have, nobody has to say anything and you feel them. But the other thing to keep in mind too, is that especially with victim mentality, there has been studies that show that the, uh, when you first engage with someone in the first 10 seconds of the interaction, 10 seconds, they have already decided how, and if you will fit into their life. Wow. So like taking that presence of if you come with a victim mentality, if you don't even open your mouth, people feel that it's a reality and they may not want to engage with you. And then what does that do? Perpetuate the victim mentality, right? But exactly, just paying attention to, you know, how you show up to other people is really important when you're making those connections, because if you're not genuine, if you're in that victim mode, if you're not, you know, actually looking at yourself, people feel it and they figure it out in the first 10 seconds of you being in their space. You're in six, within six feet of somebody, you're sharing a ton of energy. Like we share energy all the time, but you are sharing a massive download of energy if somebody's in six feet of you. So if somebody's in six feet of you, 
and you're trying to engage with them within 10 seconds, most likely before you've even opened your mouth, they've already decided because it's that quick and you're already, you know, you don't normally like yell across the room to <laughs> talk to somebody, right? It's six feet. I mean, that's, that's not a close distance in a way. Right. Um, I mean, so, that's, that's the whole quarantines and COVID right. protocols. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that's the other thing too, like you said, that just made me think of with quarantine, we're feeling like we're not connecting and it is a struggle, but think about that. Even if you're within six feet of somebody, you're still feeling a ton of energy connection. You are still so connected with people, even if it doesn't feel like it. Um, so keep that in mind that we all are, all are connected and you do have so much support, even in this time of, of being technically in isolation. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to do a part two. So everyone listening, yeah. all of our goddesses listening, please stay tuned for that. Do you have any last words you want to share with our audience before we head off for today? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing that I want people to know today is that your emotions are valid. Anything you're feeling is valid, but you get to choose how you move forward. And that's the most important part. Knowing that you have a choice in every single interaction that you show up in is really powerful and it gets to shape your life. So pay attention because we don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> I guess that's what I would leave everybody with. That's beautiful. And where can we find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on um, Facebook at The Abundance Alchemist. And um, I also have my website, theabundancealchemist.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at caitlin.theabundancealchemist. Um, and I'd love to connect with anybody there. And then I do have the Abundance Alchemist podcast coming, which I think, Erica, Yay! we're going to need to, we're going to need to maybe have another one of these chats on that one as well. Yes, absolutely. I cannot wait. I'm stoked. Like, yes. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much again. It was so nice to talk to you and we will be speaking soon for part two. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Erica. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye-bye. All right, goddess. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did creating it. Make sure you stay tuned for part two of this episode where we'll go a little bit deeper into manifesting self-love and limiting beliefs. And as always, know that you are beautiful, you are brilliant, you are brave, and you have so many gifts to offer this world, goddess. I love you so much and I'll talk soon.